Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Thinking about changing it to Brock Hard, but we'll see. I am your host, Eric Stenholm, along with my co-host, Joey Moore. Uh, good times for the Niners right now. A lot of stuff going on in the sports world for us to discuss, but off the top, I just want to bring up one quick uh, result that came in for us over the week. So I, I I post all our social media stuff and TikTok videos and, and uh, do our analytics and whatnot because I kind of do that for my day job anyway. Uh, breaking news, we are the number six NFL podcast in all of Pakistan. So we just want to thank all our Pakistani fans for for just coming out in droves for us. Big moment, big moment for the pod. You know, they're a bunch of Brock stars. What can I say? <laughs> Brock hard, baby. Big, big Brock Purdy people in, in Pakistan. Purdy, you'd say that's pretty good. Uh, oh, it's going to happen <laughs> 65 times before this podcast is over. Uh, we have to start our Week 14 recap with uh, the team out there in the Bay. Um, as much as I want there to be positive things to talk about about the Vikings or other teams around the league, the 49ers really are the story that's kind of like leading every football podcast right now, and for good reason. They put Mr. Irrelevant in, and they lay a beat down on the GOAT. Uh, give us your quick recap of that game and uh, – some some of the texts I got from you, even for this podcast, I can't repeat on air, but but give us your breakdown uh, of what you saw when you were watching that game in Vegas. Yeah, first off, yeah, watching it in Vegas was, uh, I don't know if I'd ever been to Vegas on an NFL Sunday before. I probably have, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the sports book and like watch it and it'll be cool. I, I don't know why, but I severely underestimated how many people probably got there at like 6 a.m. and just parked themselves. Um, by the way, the place I went to was charging uh, 100 bucks a person just to sit there before you even order anything. Yeah. And I was That's like... That's what I was complaining about last week with Caesars Palace. If I wanted to sit in one of the good spots in the sports book, it was 150 bucks a person. <laughs> and then a minimum spend on food and beverage. Exactly. But what's insane. hilarious is like people would do that. And uh, I'd be like... I'd be standing behind them. Like, I don't even sit watching these games anyway. I'm like pacing even at home, like just, you know, <laughs> up and down. But like, okay, cool. You guys paid like a hundred bucks a person and you got me like yelling and screaming, breathing down your neck, standing like right <laughs> behind you. So this is uncomfortable lunch for you. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, a beat down in every sense of the way. Um, the Brock star, I mean, it was cool to see his parents, but yeah, I mean, they threw it all over, all over. They're throwing the ball deep up the sideline. I'm like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> and he, again, the biggest thing is he, for not being a, you know, let's just, is he sneaky athletic? Is he witty, smart out there? Whatever you want to say, <laughs> but probably wasn't Great route runner. Yeah, probably, oh, wait, probably no, wasn't highly touted as like an athlete coming out. He's not the biggest guy. Like there's a reason why he went dead last but the thing that is just sticking out is his pocket presence is is evident of a guy who started 47 games in college like you know at a big power five school not big you know huge well they were big when he was there and i think that's something they're hammering home on the broadcast is if you've seen what ohio or uh, iowa state has been like since he left versus the years he was there i mean they have dropped off precipitously so maybe there's something there on the broadcast i saw too like because like oh mr irrelevant like what is he you know like what you know kind of showing up his stats 
And, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're like a big star, like most of the players in the NFL are just in sport, sports in general, you know, fans will be like, oh, that guy's a bum. Hell, we do it. We got a whole <laughs> segment for it. You should listen to it. Um, they're like, oh, Brock Purdy. They're like, no, he started 47 games in college. They're like, he was like, like I don't know, All-American something. He's like, he, the school, he holds like every Iowa State school record. Like, he's like these, even the guys you think are like, oh, he's not a first-round pick. Like, they, like, they're something. And then if put in the right you know, spot, you know, there, it's going to, the, the, the qualities that, that, you know, he was recruited at Kyle saw, I just love, I texted that video. Obviously you're seeing all these stories. Uh, the one about like Saban wasn't prepared for his meeting with Brock Purdy, his recruiting meeting. And so Purdy was like, fuck it, I'll go somewhere and, and beat him. And obviously like he went to a, a Iowa state, he, won a fiesta bowl which is i mean that's pretty freaking impressive for like it's a big bowl that's one of the ones that yeah. matter yeah for a second tier you know division one team like iowa state is not in the big boy group so he won the fiesta bowl he almost made it to the college football playoff he definitely has a chip on his shoulder and like you could see in that performance on sunday like he he's got some he, shit to him he belongs yeah like he kind of looks maybe like he might do your taxes or something <laughs> or like he looks like he's 17 years old but like and, and you can just tell like you just tell when a guy is liked or not and i mean boy like they're like we oh we believed George in this Kittle's guy celebration oh i saw that i saw that, that today i was like <laughs> oh like they're uh, not doing that if they don't like really you know, really believe in him. I mean, they're, you know, the defense like, oh, he's been, you know, he's been tough on us like ever since camp. I'm like, sure, sure he has, but maybe, maybe yeah. they're not wrong. I don't know. Right. Like, if he was so great, why was he the third string? Maybe they did see because I, I, I even thought about it today. They did trade Nate Sudfeld to Detroit. Right. And, you know, part of that I'm sure was because of the money. With you know, they're like, why would we have him and Jimmy? We'd rather have. I mean, but right if. He made the team. Most guys don't even make the team. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they, even if they do keep three, you know, uh, quarterbacks like those ones that get drafted late rounds are just like a camp arm. But he was fantastic. The thing that kind of went a little unnoticed is that Christian McCaffrey was dynamite again. He was, mm-hmm. he was fantastic. The catch on the touchdown is probably a catch not many other running backs, if any. Maybe Alvin Kamara probably can do it. There's, it, That's what I was going to say. He's got a, a 119 yards on the ground and then the probably running back catch of the year for, I mean, I maybe Alvin Kamara, maybe Dalvin Cook a couple of years ago could make a catch like that. But this is, McCaffrey is like the ultimate Swiss Army knife weapon for you guys right now. And it's like, it almost feels like because of the necessity, he's being used more with Debo being hurt. Uh, you traded Wilson, you lost... Mitchell, it's like this is McCaffrey's team, and Purdy's just got to press the buttons. Yeah, he I he threw that uh, a pick that was called off of a I believe a holding penalty, uh, holding penalty or pass interference, which I thought was a little weak. I I would admit I thought I thought the officiating was pretty favorable to the Niners, but um, so he got that erased, and then like I, you know, with Jimmy, if Jimmy throws a pick, Kyle's like, I swear, Jimmy, I will not let you throw a pass the rest of the game. And the, like the next play was like, boom, no, we're going like uh, double move on on the edge with Brandon Ayuk, and it's a touchdown. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I looking at, guys? And I sent you the video of Kyle talking to him after the game. I'm like, 
I don't know. This this feels all a lot like Kirk Cousins. It feels a lot like Kirk Matt. Like this actually feels like Kyle's like I'm gonna draft this guy in the seventh round and and he's gonna be the guy. No one knows it but me. But he's gonna yeah, be the guy. It's like the Kirk Cousins Robert Griffin thing where it's like we took the one guy to be the star and then we took this other guy. You know, it's the same thing. Up, yeah. And all of a sudden Trey Lance is injured and career is pretty derailed and it's just like the whole nondescript thing. midwestern guy comes in and takes his job it's just like yeah i i trey lance is hurt i don't want to like bag on the guy but like even in, in in training camp you're like okay he's you're not seeing the growth you would hope to see like he's terribly inaccurate a lot he's barely completing 50 percent of his passes and then i saw it today brock Purdy's completing 71 percent of his passes huh like, like I saw no, a graphic. To, I saw a graphic today, pr- uh, promotional video for the Amazon, and they're like, "Look at." They had said, "Look at the offensive weapons on the Niners," and it was like Kittle and Juice and and Ayuk and whatever. And I'm like, Brock Purdy is in this photo. I'm like, it was a straight <laughs> face. They put offensive weapon like photo. I'm like, Brock Purdy's here. What a time to be alive. Now, not to. Pour cold water all over you here, because somebody does need to hose you off. You're a little, you're a little excited oh, over I'm there. Oh, I'm hard. But yeah. hard. <laughs> One thing to point out is they did play two teams who were on a major slide in the Bucks and the Dolphins, both games at home. Now they're going on the road to Seattle. But the larger point is, I think the consensus has become across the NFL landscape that it's a two horse race in the NFC with. Philadelphia and the 49ers um, have you seen enough from Brock to think that you actually can win the NFC or is it just like we're just having fun and enjoying the ride now and when we get to that Philadelphia buzzsaw we don't have much of a chance oh I absolutely think they could I I mean it's it would be sh- it would be very shocking but I mean yeah they could do it because what I mean nobody nobody likes to pump up Jimmy more than Niner fans but in all honesty, what I mean, what are they asking him to do? What are they asking Brock to do that, like Jim? I mean, can he hand it off thirty-five times? Because that's what <laughs> they do. That's when they win. I mean, they've never won with the quarterback anyway. Um, would it be a lot more difficult? Sure, of course it would be. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're not going to get tested really until if the second, probably, yeah. I mean, I hate to say like the first, but if they do get, yes, I, I believe Brock Purdy can beat the Giants or Washington. Well, they'll play Washington next week at home. Um, yeah, but if they have to go, you know, to Minnesota or whatever, whoever they're playing in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then, Jimmy might be ready, but I don't see how he. There's if, no if way they get to that point. There's no way you can switch back to him. I heard even about him. I heard that that report was a. Comp, I don't know. I don't remember what the person was, that but that report was like, basically an agent said it. His agent, hmm. like to let teams know, like no, he's unlike last off season. He's going to be healthy like, the whole time. Hmm. I heard, okay. like. Cause I, cause I, I don't know. Somebody said like, he's not like the injury. He's not coming back this year, but the agent said, Oh, six to eight weeks. So he could like, you know, have some people wanting to sign him this time. Unlike last right. year. But yeah, I no. I mean, if they, if Brock Purdy's playing like this, no, I, 
it's you can't do it. I mean, it feels it feels like it feels like Nick Foles if that's the pinnacle. Right, that's the model. But the, the other thing is, a rookie has never even been to the Super Bowl. Closest was, I believe, Ben Roethlisberger in '04. Um, I think Dan Marino got relatively close as well, but it's always that second year breakout for quarterbacks. But if Mr. Irrelevant can get all the way to the NFC Championship game or God forbid the Super Bowl, I mean, that is going to be an all time story. And I think the reason right now that most Sunday felt like I was watching Rudy. That's what I'm saying is like the whole crowd's chanting his name. Let's see what happens when he goes on the road to Seattle in a tough environment. If he just lights him up in that game. We are off to the fucking races. Like it is. It's only it's only the two games. Um. So like yeah, but yeah, I mean he's given us no reason to think, you know, he couldn't do it, but it would be a very 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 tall task. He did like you texted me. He got his welcome to the NFL. And he got rocked that first <laughs> first play. <laughs> he, first play. I was like, whoa. He got <laughs> rocked, and uh, he got he rode the Mike McGlinchey experience. Although I don't even think that was his fault. I think they just. I don't think anytime a blitz comes, if it off comes the off the right side, side it's like, him. There you go. Yeah. He either blocked the right guy or, or he either blocked the wrong guy or didn't block anybody or blocked his own guy. As we've seen a few times in some clips that you share with me. Uh, so the reason that a lot of folks kind of now have it as a two horse race in the NFC is the absolute plummet in the power ratings for both the Cowboys and the Vikings who, I got a lot of shit from people last week for not having the Cowboys in the top five of my power rankings. I had them either sixth or seventh. I couldn't really decide. I feel so vindicated after that (laughs) shit-ass performance against Houston. Like, this Houston team is one of the worst NFL teams of the last decade. Like, it is that bad. They're going to go 115-1. I mean, they're right up there with those horrendous Browns teams, those horrendous Lions teams. It's that bad. And they hung tough with Dallas till the very end. It took a a 98-yard drive with under two minutes left for Dak to win that game. So Cowboys plummet in the power rankings. Vikings, obviously. I mean, they weren't even favored on the road in Detroit, which shows you where people view them right now, despite them being 10-3. and Like, Detroit was favored to win. Detroit put the frickin' hammer down and, and beat the living snot out of us, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Vikings put up a ton of yards, but... Not a great performance at all on the defense. Um, we get back to our power ratings here. So usually I try not to dicker with it too much week to week. Like I want to keep it relatively consistent this late in the season. But for me, the Cowboys, Vikings, and Dolphins have to drop hugely after what we saw last week. So my top five, uh, I'm putting Philly back up at the top, which I haven't done for three or four weeks. I was... Big on the Kansas City and Buffalo, they're back, they're healthy, train. But, I mean, they've opened up a two-game lead on the rest of the NFL, and they're just hammering teams week after week. So i got to put Philly first, and then I'll go Casey and Buffalo. San Francisco comes from six back up to four, because I'm believing a little bit more in Brock right now, and then Cincinnati fifth. So my top five, Philly, Casey, Buffalo, SF, Cincinnati. Where are you at now? I would say it's pretty much like universal that those would be the five teams in most people's. I would probably agree with you and move Philly. I would move Philly to one. I would have the Bengals at two. I think they're really good. Um, probably have the Chiefs at three. Yeah. And then I'd have the Niners at four over Buffalo at five. The The thing that nobody really wants, Josh Allen has not played well in like a month. 
or two and ever since the ucl sprain yeah he, it ended up he's you know i know they played a tough weather you know tough jets defense but he's not played well in like over a month and and their team i mean stefan but their team is not that great with if, if he's playing cole beasley had to come out of like, retirement today <laughs> yeah like they're not you know they have they 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 run the ball because they have to. They don't want people talking about them literally not running it because I think they would pass it fifty times. Um. They don't. Yeah. They. I mean. They don't. They so you lock. got Cincy at number two yeah. last week. You had Cincy at number one, and we had a a commenter on our TikTok page say, "This guy who has Cincy at number one, did he eat lead paint chips as a child?" And I just I had to clap back at the guy on TikTok and be like, Joey, did you eat lead paint chips as as a child? Did you like put them in milk and eat them like cereal? And the guy was like, Hey, I appreciate you guys responding. We're like, Oh, got a lot. You know what? But I love getting fan mail. It's great. Uh, (laughs) Big shout out to that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, But you're still super high on Cincy. Oh yeah, I think I think they're. Shoot, it's really going to matter who finishes in the top, you know, one and two in the AFC because I think it's just going to matter who who gets those games at home. We mentioned last week that the Bengals have Buffalo, uh, the last Monday night game of the season, so that'll be a big one. The only problem with the Bengals is the Ravens won't go away. <laughs> the fighting Tyler Huntley's like they're they're like a quiet nine and four. Um, that's what I'm saying. I, w- I wanted to talk about that next. So obviously like the Ravens grinding out just a disgusting win at Pittsburgh <laughs> where like both teams were just bad. Uh, Trubisky threw three picks uh, coming in in relief of the injured picket. And then Baltimore's offense just could not move the ball. I think the final score was 12 to no 16, 14. So, you know, just a defensive slug fest, but Baltimore finds a way to win. They may or may not have Huntley this week. Jackson looks like he's on the wrong side of questionable for this week as well, but they won't go away. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is we basically had penciled in Miami for a playoff spot and we're like, okay, so they will be the five seed, maybe the six they're going to maybe Buffalo, maybe Cincinnati. That'll be a good first round game. Are they even going to make the playoffs? Because they go at Buffalo this week. They've already lost two in a row. The two, a train is off the rails. It stopped. It yeah, parked. I mean, you got to think Miami is, if they lose this week, as much as we love our boy Mike McDaniel, I feel like that train has gone off the tracks and they may they may miss the playoffs altogether. They, yeah, no, they, they're, uh, they, it was a tough watch for them Sunday night. Uh, I mean, it just, you can't ignore it. Uh, watching Justin Herbert light him up and Tua looks like he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Uh, yeah, they, They'd, By the way, you heard it here first when we took uh, the Chargers plus three and a half in our picks of the week. So we saw that coming. Not that, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just, I mean, I will say that was one of the craziest touchdowns I've ever seen in my life with Tyreek Hill. Uh, if Teron Armstead really did push the ball back, that is an unreal play. But yeah, their offense, um, they don't really run the ball that well, even though Mike McDaniel's their head coach who ran the Niners you know, uh, he was our run game coordinator before he became offensive coordinator. Um, they never really been able to stop anybody too much all year, but now their offense has hit hit a brick wall. And uh, and yeah, the Chargers playing really well. Uh, 
the Patriots even watching them last night. Their front seven uh, with Matthew Judon and uh, that uh, Josh. I don't even know how to pronounce his last Uche. Yeah, Uche. Um, yeah, no, they they can get after their their quiet what seven and six seven, seven and seven? six. Yeah, yeah, they're tied with the Jets, and then the Jets' defense is a monster, and Mike White's playing. I mean, granted, they lost by eight to Buffalo, but that was a gutty performance from the Jets there to almost get a win, and Mike White got the absolute shit kicked out of him for 60 minutes and just hung in there and gave them a shot. So that's what I was going to point out is I think Miami, with the difficulty of their schedule coming in after they got brocked hard <laughs> last week i mean they are off the rails and it might be they got, a case they got where, cock brocked yeah they, they really did get cock brocked. and now it's like chargers are on the ascendancy same with the patriots the jets are still there i'm thinking miami's gonna experience that dip this year especially to the point where it may be a difficult decision in the offseason because they probably have to decide this offseason whether they're given to a you know, a five-year. It's going to be really interesting with what the contracts have come out recently. Like with Kyler, like there's they they got. I mean, his injury or not, I mean, they they told everyone with the homework clause that they didn't want to give him that that money and like mm-hmm. the, all these people are like, well, how who else are you going to have to play quarterback? Who else are you sneaky Jimmy option next year? <laughs> God, everywhere's going to be a sneaky Jimmy option next year. You know, speaking of contracts, let's. one thing I wanted to discuss before we go into your jack-in-the-bum of the week is the 49ers and Vikings, they don't necessarily kind of like last season maybe dictate how the offseason is going to go because both teams had to make quarterback decisions. But they still have to make decisions, but there's going to be some big-time dilemmas in the offseason for both teams. So obviously for the Niners – deciding between Purdy, Jimmy, and Trey. Who would have fucking thought we would have said that? But, like, that's obviously a huge one. And then the Vikings, I was looking at their um, sport track table just to look at their future contracts and whatnot, and we're going to have to give Jefferson, like, five years, $150 million, tipping top <laughs> like, of the market value. Like, Yeah, I was just thinking, because I, I, yeah, I saw that you, we were going to talk about this, and I'm like, yeah, that – if it, if it doesn't – you know some teams, like, will negotiate, like – like, I remember when George Kittle got extended, his, the first offer the Niners gave him was on Valentine's Day, and he called it the Valentine's Day Massacre. Like, just <laughs> – he's just, like – he's, like, you know, offended and all this stuff. Like, if, if, if that – if that first offer from the Vikings isn't, like – doesn't start it being the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, uh, we're going to have problems. That's what I'm saying. That's like one of those where the fans know you have to do it. Every GM in the league knows. But the here's Vikings the thing: Why wouldn't you it? want to do it? Like he's clearly, and, and, he's clearly like. I mean, you could argue Devontae, Cub, whatever, but he's clearly last right now, probably number number one in the league, and probably went yeah. offensive player of the year. Like so, he's and gonna he's I'm gonna borderline is, want quarterback money. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay him. Seems like, I mean, by all accounts, seems like yeah. team guy, good, you know, locker, no, no problems. He's the man. Like, and it's a, it's a non-starter. Like, you have to give him whatever he asks for and just sign on the dotted line. And my point was, we've got Kirk for one year next year. I think it's at like $32 million because we front-loaded it a bit this year and then added some dead cap to the years after that. So... 
Cook is on a terrible deal. He's still got three years and $45 million left, and he's clearly declining. Thielen is in steep decline. He's been playing well the past few weeks, but I believe he's 32, and he's, he's definitely you know at the end of his career. And he's got two years, $40 million left. So, like, there's a lot of decisions to be made in the offseason for both of these teams. I think... Kirk probably has done enough to get yet another extension because they don't want to have him go into next year on a one-year deal and try to make some cap space by like cutting his salary next year and tacking it on to further years. I fully expect that to happen to try to accommodate Jefferson. But the Niners are in a very weird spot in that Jimmy has probably propped his value up with his play, but not with his injury situation yeah Trey Lance's value is at an all-time low and then Purdy's value is at an all-time high so it is going to be a wacky offseason what what do you expect the discussion to be going into the offseason with the Niners given the craziness of the last two weeks yeah I I would think with with Purdy's you know play I I, I I'm pretty confident in saying I hate to say it because like two weeks ago I was on this podcast saying this is not Jimmy's last ride, and uh, I think it. Might, I think it might be the last ride. I I'm pretty confident in saying he's not going to be back. Um, two weeks later. Two weeks say. later. Well, it's just this, it's it's like you said. It's not the play thing. Like, like again, like you know, I get it's the football. Best ability is availability. I, I get, yeah, like I, I get it's football, but and and you know, there's not much you can do when you're getting sacked and another guy like you know, just your foot, like, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't think that was anything like he's, his body's like fragile, but his body's fragile. Like, I don't know. Like it's just, it's, he's not coming back. The Trey Lance thing is really weird. Cause I saw, I was, I was scrolling through Niners Twitter, I guess. And uh, they were like, you know, like this, this person, I don't even know who, who they were. They were like, so confident saying, well, the Niners next year, they're going to, we're going to go in with Trey Lance's QB one. I'm like, what are we like? <laughs> um, well, Purdy's not going anywhere. Like you're really after this, you're really about to just hand Lance the, like, again, that I think we're never going to hear about it, but I think the players in the locker room, like it, they weren't shy about going to like Mike silver and whoever the reporters saying like, we're happy. Jimmy's like here, like, like, mm-hmm. I don't think they do that if they, like, I think they're going to do it again. If somehow Brock Purdy's here and they're like, we got to, like, we get that we took this guy, but no one cares. Like, let's pivot. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you can't, you cannot keep Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and start Trey Lance right now. I mean, unless, you know, Brock Purdy could, you know, his, his Rudy movie could be over really quick. Who knows? He gets hurt. But. Complete side note. If the guy from Rudy was like this was all happening in 2022 and they put him in at defensive line for Notre Dame like he would be like in a coma within 30 seconds like people they're like oh look I'm like yeah in 1975 you could just be some kid who went to high school nearby and be like my dream was to play for Notre Dame and just come off the field and get a sack and they're like chant your name like if that happened and like a five foot five 150 pound dude came in and just played for Notre Dame, like the offensive tackle from USC or whoever the hell they're playing would literally just like put him in a body bag in ten seconds. Like, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, they. Uh, I don't know what they're. Football is different. It, it's uh, 
it's not a, it's not a game especially yeah especially in the trenches like you better be a big boy um, the last time i watched that movie i was just like oh can we please do a remake and just see the guy get the living shit kicked out of him. Oh, well, that so like mad. Oklahoma drill scene story. when he's like, I'm going to like, I'm going to do He's like all like, he literally looks like, he looks like when you go to like little league and like, you have like the older group on one side and, the, and he looks like he went to the wrong field. <laughs> oh, sorry to de- derail that, but yeah, it's, it is going to be well, I was an gonna, odd situation. I, the quarterback thing is weird, but. Like the Niners, their well, their number one priority is they they're gonna have to make Bosa the highest paid defensive player in league history, just because he's up next. And then you know Micah Parsons can pass him up in a couple of years, whatever. But um, it's interesting they they could have extended him this off season, but didn't. Um, because they they I don't know team policy. They said, oh, we don't extend guys until they got one year left because he had two. Um. Brandon Ayuk's going to need a new contract um, or extension. He'll be eligible for one. Um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, people always say the Niners have to upgrade a quarterback. I'm like, well, if they did, like, they'd have to get rid of, like, some of these sweet players because they got a lot of guys making top-tier money mm. with Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle. Like, no one pays – no one even has a fullback, but not only do we have one, we pay them pretty well. Um <laughs> You know, McCaffrey's expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. A L- lot of big stuff coming in the offseason. And it's like, obviously, both our teams are going to make the playoffs and probably host multiple playoff games. So we got that to look forward to. But I was just thinking with the way Bosa's playing, the way Jefferson's playing, those extensions are going to be massive and guys are going to have to be cut just to make room for that or tough decisions are going to be made at the quarterback position to accommodate it. So something to look at in the off season. And maybe when we get to the end of the Super Bowl and we do our end of season pod, we try to make some predictions there as to which direction they go. The good thing is, is uh, they're going to get a new right tackle because his contract expired. So yeah, Mike McGlinchey heading over to, uh, I saw he's, he's making <laughs> 10 million a year because of his fifth year. <laughs> and, option. Joe, and Joey is like, that is stealing, he's stealing it's criminal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Charge him. Yeah. He's, he's not a, you know, an incredible talent who's worth every penny like Eric Carlson. Um, Darn right. (laughs) Let's go over to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week, everybody's favorite segment. A lot of candidates yet again this week. I'm kind of going in more of a team fashion this week. We always pick a dude, and there's always, you know, ample reason to shit on that guy for his performance this week. But I thought there wasn't necessarily – like one person who deserved it this week. So we're going to go with some teams. The Cowboys, who barely squeaked by the awful zombie brain-dead Texans in just like one of the worst games of the year. So the Cowboys were awful. I thought McCarthy, he said something before the game. I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but he's like, we got two opponents today, the Texans and the men in the mirror. And I was like, no wonder you almost lost. Like, what a fucking clown statement that was to the media before the game. Uh, we also got the Titans, Giants, and Bucks on there as teams that obviously the Titans lost to Jacksonville. The Giants were awful again for like the fourth week in a row getting beat down by the Eagles. And then the Bucks, who got brocked extremely hard. <laughs> so, uh, But you're going in a different direction than those those options. Once again, great, great honorable mentions. Uh, I thought about Tampa, but when you play the best quarterback that's ever played, it's hard to say you're a bum when you lose to him. Uh 
Could have gone Dallas, but I could I couldn't. Just a side note here. <laughs> I like Brock Purdy. I like the story. I like that the Niners are good because, you know, the podcast is doing well and maybe we meet in the playoffs. But I kind of want to see Purdy get the absolute shit rocked out of him. He did the first day, not the first like, play. I like I want him I want him to go like, you know, uh, one touchdown, four picks and a loss or something. Just to cool everybody down a little bit with the hey the goat beat Tom Brady like <laughs> let's everybody just calm oh. the fuck down. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's good. Could so can't go them. I can't couldn't go Dallas because they won. I can't. Um, they did win, although it was bad. Um, the one that I could have gone it was I really like the Titans one because they're kind of for being a good team. Probably gonna win. Like they're kind of in shambles right now. They just got worked by the Jaguars. They fired their GM, who's done nothing but. I mean, <laughs> you know, say what you want about the AJ Brown trade, but like they're consistently in the playoffs and. He won a Super Bowl with Seattle as well, and they're like, see ya. Yeah, I don't – something's up. Uh, it's something – You with, put them at number three in your power ratings like four I weeks did. ago, and all they've done well, guess since what? then is new, shit their pants. New information, uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. Really like – Mike Vrabel's a heck of a coach, but uh, what's going on? Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go – one of my favorite teams, organizations. Could I mean, I could have gone any one of millions of people in this organization, but we are going – with our favorite Arizona Cardinals as your Jack and the bum of the week. And it's for several reasons. Number one, um, they give all that money to Kyler Murray. He does get hurt. You know, I, much as I don't love the guy, you know, no one likes to see wasn't turf though. So, um, the non-contact knee injury, um, you know, he's going to miss most, if not all of next season, but it just highlighted, like, in comes Colt McCoy, and it's like, as we see, there's injuries everywhere. You know, whether it's, you know, star players, your quarterback, like, you're going to – and it's like, what are they? Like, what do you – like, Steve Kime, the GM, like, Cliff Kingsbury, like, what – your your offense – like, I see people on Twitter, like, just who, who really know football, like, X's and O's is offense. They're like, all he's doing is calling go routes. Like, it, there's nothing – like – there's no rhyme or reason to anything. You know, they hired him to get Kyler. Well, Kyler is got red flags all over the place, you know, f- four years into his career. And it's like, where, where are they going? The draft picks they've made Isaiah Simmons bust Zayvon Collins bust. Like they're taking, they're taking stocky linebackers in the first round when, you know, they don't have enough, like, uh, pass rush, pass rushing. I think, I think even the guys they trade for mid season to try to salvage like they think like Steve Kime thinks the thinks the season we're playing the 2014 season coming up. He's like, I'm gonna go get JJ Watt and AJ Green, and we're gonna win the 2014 Super Bowl. Problem is, is it's <laughs> 2022, and he traded for Robbie Anderson, who's been like the like, worst yeah, player in football, like, <laughs> like, and not even just just a horrible like locker. His own team was like, go home. Like mid game, like leave, and we're like they're like the next day we're like oh we need him because because a uh, uh, guy went down. I'm like huh, <laughs> like you don't you don't have anyone old. I, I like Rondale more. They took him, but he's hurt all the time, and no shocker, he's like you know five foot two. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I just it just was like where, because like they don't have, 
there's no rhyme or reason to anything that they do. And Kyler goes out. He's going to be out most of next year. And just watching it last night, it's like, what are they? And uh, not much. They're yeah, they're a great watch I mean, on Hard Knocks. That's what they are. Because we're going to see another very dumpster deserving, fire. Very deserving bum of the week. Very deserving Hard Knocks watch this week, especially. But, um, man, the, you would think they have to completely clean house for next year, right? They'll fire Kime. They'll fire They have to uh, do them Kingsbury. both. They can't do yeah. – th- th- I mean, it's – a lot of teams now do the whole, like, clean house like head coach and GM like we want to we want a partnership um but this one they would have to I, I don't see how um they stuck with Steve Kime I after always, the DUI too that's what I was gonna say is that they should have let him go a long time ago it's clear he doesn't have it I liked what the Vikings did last offseason where there was so many rumors that they were definitely gonna fire Zimmer but they were gonna keep Rick Spielman around for at least another year and have him lead the coaching search. I was like, no, like when you blow it up after a few years, you have to blow it up. And I'm glad they did. And I think the Cardinals probably have to go that route too. And given Kyler's probably not going to play again until September, 2024, you probably got to look at a quarterback in the draft with their draft position as well. That's, I mean, just to hedge their bets there. That's probably not a bad idea. Wouldn't Um, be interesting it would be interesting to see if they go after Jordan Love. Oh, interesting, because he would play yeah. next year as the fourth year. And of they wouldn't have to pay him. Deal. Right. And then they could see whether he does well or not. If he does well, they could trade him. Well, if he does well, I'll tell you right now, if he does well, they trade Kyler Murray. Yeah. That's actually – I hadn't even considered that once. That is – Lock that in for the offseason. That's not bad. I literally just thought about that, like, right here. I was like – because I was reading something about Jordan Love today. Um, I was like, did did I read that right? His agent came out and said if he's not the starter next year, he's going to request a trade. I'm like, is Jordan Jordan Love strong-arming Aaron Rodgers? I'm like, whoa, that is – it's a – Break out your fucking Colin Coward voice. Here's a thought. (laughs) He's like (laughs) – Jordan Love to Arizona. (laughs) He's a perfect fit. You know, good looking, clean cut kid. Listen to like, his phrase. He wears his hat on straight. Exactly. Oh, my God. Just he's not a backwards it, hat Colin. kind of guy. Oh, my God. He is. He's. I used to like it, listen to him on the radio when like, we were in college and whatnot. But now, every time I turn on his show and I see the ridiculous hair dye and the. He wears his hat straight. I'm like, dude, you are getting so old. Like, it is time to let. I will think about. It. I'll see him on TV. I will think about it. Um, being like, I remember, I remember this guy being in, in the car radio, like, and it's like he's he's really one of the few that have they're still going like on on the network TV, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of those. Like a lot of them have gone to like streaming and stuff, but yeah, granted, he's better than like Stephen A. and uh, Skip Bayless and whatnot, but he's definitely got some weird takes. <laughs> recently um so there's your jack in the bum of the week for week 14 he's going with the arizona cardinals yet another inductee into joey's jack in the bum hall of fame uh week 15 lines are out uh let's take a look at those and see if we can see anything that might make it into my you like that five picks of the week starting with an absolute fucking barn burner on thursday night san francisco at seattle san francisco minus three and a half um i am strongly leaning san francisco there um, but a lot of the 
uh, pro bettors that I listen to on their podcasts and on Twitter and whatnot are looking at Seattle plus three and a half there as a value bet. Uh, they're usually contrarian for the professional bettors. They're like, everybody wants San Francisco right now and nobody wants Seattle off a loss to Carolina. So they look at the spot and they say probably a good value on Seattle, but I still like the spot here for the Niners. Now you are trying to get me off of that pick because you think it could be Josh Johnson on Thursday. That would be bizarre. That would be nuts. But do you know what the the nuttier part of that is? As much as I'm as much as I've used every pun in the book when it comes to Brock Purdy, I don't think it changes that much. Like <laughs> that much. Like Seattle is having a really hard time stopping the run. And and it's just it could be one of those games where Kyle just says, "Hey, you know, Trent Williams, use Chet Kittle. We're gonna we're running left forty nine times, and we're gonna and, and 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 we think we're gonna win." And and uh, yeah, I, it's one of those like it's one of those like where as a fan of your team, you're like, okay, like the Niners should, I mean, they should handle Seattle. I mean, they should, like they did the first matchup. I think Seattle's a lot better than they were then, but. Um, they would be division champs if they win that game. It's a hat and t-shirt so it's game. Like, yeah, it's a hat and t-shirt game, but it's also for Seattle kind of a game where if you win that one, you're probably looking again at a playoff position, whereas if you lose it, that if, might be time if to If Seattle wins, I mean, they're only, they'd only be one game behind the Niners. Right, and, and the Niners. And they wouldn't yeah. have the tiebreaker. The problem, the, the reason why tomorrow – or Thursday is so important is because the Niners would have won them both and they would like, they'd basically be up an extra game because they would have the the tiebreaker. They'd be up three with three to play and own the tiebreaker. So it would be over. Yeah. Seattle's got to have that one though, just to keep, keep alive in the playoff race and then keep their slim hopes of an NFC West title alive. Uh, I'm definitely leaning San Francisco minus three and a half, three Saturday games next week, uh, which is cool. And they put Jeff Saturday on Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Very nice. <laughs> Touche. The following week is going to be like all Saturday games because it's Christmas Eve, and then they put three games on Christmas Day on Sunday, and then that uh, Monday night game uh, the the following uh, Monday after Christmas. So that's going to be kind of weird. But this week they start us out with three Saturday games. First one is your boy Jeff Saturday at the Vikings, Colts-Vikings, um, Saturday at 10 a.m. Vikings are favored by four which I think is kind of crazy. Not as crazy as it was last week when Detroit was favored because obviously that ended up being the right side. If you watch the game, it's like, yes, Cousins threw for 425. His numbers looked Jeff- his numbers looked fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Jefferson set the Vikings' all-time record for most yards in a game with 223, most of them in garbage time. But still, like our offense is great, and Indy's offense is awful, like <laughs> horrendous. And we're only favored by four. So if I had to bet on that game, I'd probably take the Vikings. It's just like the Jets game where the Vikings were favored by three and they won by five. Like, gun to my head, I am taking the Vikings there, but that's not going to make my five picks of the week, no doubt. Um, One game I did like, though, is the Saturday middle game. So that's Cleveland hosting Baltimore. Cleveland's favored by three because I think there's some uncertainty at quarterback for Baltimore. But I saw that the over-under was set at 37. I love the over there with, you know, Watson maybe finally coming into his own a little bit after two shaky performances. And then 
Baltimore's got J.K. Dobbins back, and they can run the ball so much better than they could before he was there. So I kind of like the over there. I kind of like Baltimore, too. Like, they absolutely grind it out recently in the game that Jackson got hurt, and then last week Huntley got hurt, and they found a way to finish it off. Very well-coached team going against uh, Rusty Watson and very run-challenge defense there in Cleveland. So that's one I was looking at. Uh, One that you wanted to call out was – you think that this Cincy at Tampa game, which before the season is probably one that is a candidate to get flexed into Sunday night football, you're like, this is going to be ugly. I think I, I think the Bengals are, uh, are, if not the best team in the league, definitely second or third. And, and after what I've seen last two weeks, this week against the Niners and the week before that on Monday night against uh, the Saints, uh, Tampa – when you have an old, older, like veteran team that isn't playing well, like it can snowball really quickly. Like I just don't know if Tom Brady is super. Like he's got to be like, I wish I retired. I mean, he's like it looks painful, like watching it, like the the body language, the the communication on the side. It looks very off, and I just think uh, Bengals are gonna. Going going to Tampa and just roll them. They're just they're just to... next they're just next on in the in in the in the way of their train. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it's starting to remind me of the 2010 Vikings team when Favre came back for a second season with the Vikings, and it was like we got Randy Moss who was considering retirement. We got him in. We had Brad Childress. It was like a team that was just clearly a bunch of veterans, a bunch of old guys, Hutchinson, McKinney, all these guys who were so good for so long. And then when it goes, it goes when you're that old and there's no one behind you to replace. And it's like I watch those games with the Bucks, and I'm like, Fournette gets touched anywhere on the foot, the knee, anything. He's down immediately in a heap because he's just top-heavy and old and big and like – it's just not going well. Brady, anytime there's pressure, he immediately guns it out of bounds or guns it into the ground, and he's getting hit you know, much more often than he did when he was younger and able to absorb the hits better. It's like that thing is really snowballing. Every time this year I want to say, oh, maybe Tampa's still got a shot. No, they're, they're really bad, and they're facing Joe Cool, and it's, it's going to be a big problem this week. So that's definitely going to make they five still haven't even won the – or like – Carolina is right there. Yeah, I, <laughs> That's like one of the worst teams I've seen in a long time. By the way, time. Steve, Steve right Wilkes, there. heck of a job he's done so far. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I hope they, I hope they give him the job. So like, I, grass isn't always greener, you know? Like, kind of with the Raiders with Rich Bisaccia, although they kind of turned it around until they had a um, – which didn't even mention them because they played Thursday. It easily could have been a bums of the week again. Um, yeah, but yeah, like a guy who didn't even know the playbook went up and down the field on him to win the game. Yeah. Like cannot happen. Um, but yeah, anyway, the, the, uh, um, totally. I was thinking about the the bum of the week. What was I talking about? Yeah. The (laughs) Tampa. Well, we were just saying, oh yeah, yeah, we're talking about the, yeah, the division. Yeah. Steve Wilkes. Yeah. He should, he should get the job. Like Rich Bisaccia should have got like some of these guys. You know, they they never seem to even get considered, like, to stay on. Right. Like, and it's like, why? I don't. I, Wilkes never got a fair shot either at a head coaching job. Like, I would well, he was like with Arizona, and then they canned him. 
after one year. And I think that for one year wasn't even that bad. I mean, it was, exactly. But they're like, we yeah. want Kyler and we want Cliff. And well, congratulations. I Carolina plays New Orleans and Tampa to finish the season. And it's like, are we going to get Sunday night, week 18? It's like the 6 and 10. Panthers against the seven and nine That'd be hilarious. Tampa Bay Bucks and the winners go into the playoffs to host Dallas and you're going to be like barf. I was looking at that. Like, I was like, what, 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 what do I think is going to get flexed? And, um, I saw, uh, it's uh Baltimore at Cincy week 18 and that could be a very big, if one. Lamar's back. Absolutely. That, that should be the, one. even if he's not, I mean, if that, if that's for the division, like on, I think they got, I think they have Dallas, Washington too. That could be a big one for seeding or something. And they always love putting the NFC East prime time. Oh, any chance they get to put the NFC East in prime time, they take it. And it's like, do we really need like Cowboys Giants for the hundred fiftieth <laughs> time on prime time? It's like we know Jones is going to be a battering ram and just run into the wall. 10 we times say that, but then Cowboys it. Giants becomes the most watched football game ever. Yeah, and we're like, okay, there it is. <laughs> People in New York City and Dallas like to watch football. I get it. Um, all right. Anything we want to talk about um, in the in the world of sports outside of football before we go to my five picks of the week and your uh, feels great baby wildest take of the week? Um, obviously, I want to lead with the World Cup. Uh, we just had a semifinal matchup today. Argentina beat Croatia 3-0. Um, I wanted to point out that Messi... With by the way, he's been the best player at the tournament by far at age 35, which is that does not happen. Like it's never happened at a World Cup before, where like a player at that age has been very clearly the best player. So it's like this is his, in my opinion, his like Tom Brady Super Bowl 51 moment, the comeback against Atlanta, where he wins his fifth Super Bowl, he wins it in that fashion, and anybody who was like. Oh, I actually think Montana's better. I actually think Manning's better. Everyone at that moment had to be like, okay, the debate is over. There is only one GOAT, and I feel like that's where Messi is now with this performance, carrying an Argentina team that's it's good but not great, but carrying them to the World Cup final at age 35 in his fifth and final World Cup. Um, awesome story. You know, great dude, great player, awesome game today that he had. He had his assist on the third goal was just nuts. And it's like, it's all but certain that they will face France in the final. France plays Morocco tomorrow. Apparently, there's some rumors that the entire France team may have the flu. So, like, that's out there in the open. But if they're healthy, they crush Morocco, you would think. But I'm excited to watch that one tomorrow. Uh, did you watch the Argentina game today? Uh, I saw, uh, like, highlights. But, no, we were we were driving back. We got stuck oh, in that. Oh, that's right. Um, but I watched a lot of the day when we left of England, France, mm. and uh, mostly because our neighbor is uh, is from England, and and uh, and I and I needed to go talk to her, and I'm like, I wanted to talk to her before we left. I'm like, I'm gonna really need England to win because I don't want to go over there and be like, hey, <laughs> uh, and know her team because if someone did that to me. Uh-huh, it's not going to be a fun conversation, um, but I watched that game at a uh, British pub in L.A. I played golf with my friends, and 
afterward we were like deciding whether to just you know go home or go get something to eat and they go oh hey we can catch the entire second half if we go to this place across the street from the golf course and i'm like thinking oh okay it's like we'll get a burger and watch the game we go over it is a british pub and there are like 500 english people and they're watching the game and it was really fun atmosphere to be in but i saw them equalize it with harry kane who by the way is my favorite soccer player in the world makes the penalty to make it 1-1 france answers back with olivier Giroud goal to make it 2-1 and then another penalty and it's like here comes harry kane yet again to tie it up and send england possibly to the the semifinals and he fucking fires the penalty a mile over the bar and i was like oh my god and i you know i've been in places where oh my god the the team that we're all rooting for just shit the bed but like a missed penalty in the 85th minute to tie the game in a World Cup quarterfinal. Like, the sounds that came out of people's mouths when he missed that penalty, it was like the entire bar was just like, <sighs> I was like, oh, no. I was, like, taking a video of it, too, with my phone, like, oh, I can't did you, What did you say? You just yell out, oh, bummer. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just stopped recording and, like, dropped the phone. I was like, okay, let's pretend that didn't happen. But, um. One other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is, like, this isn't getting enough coverage in the media, but, like, Grant Wall was probably my favorite sports writer. Dude, I saw that, and I immediately was like, dude, something – this doesn't pass the sniff test. It does not at all. Like, I have followed this guy on Twitter since I joined Twitter. He's, like, America's voice of soccer and has been since the early 2000s. Like, he's our guy uh, for soccer coverage in the United States. Great dude. And I felt I listened to his podcast almost every week and I was like, I felt like I knew the guy and then I was out to dinner. I saw the notification on my phone and I was like, this dude literally yesterday or at the time yesterday, the day before he passed away, was writing this scathing critique of the organizers of the tournament and their human rights record and all this stuff. And then mysteriously, like, has a heart attack and dies at the at the game. I was like. This needs to be a much bigger story than it is. Everybody seems to have swept it under the rug in the name of, oh, let's keep the World Cup going along. But that does not pass the smell test. Just a terrible story, terrible thing to happen. So rest in peace, Grant Wall. Big fan of his, and that was I, that was just a terrible thing to see. Yeah, I saw it, and uh, and like I didn't think too much of it, like personally with him. Like I didn't know he was writing like an article like then, like you like you said. Um, Cause there's been like several different uh, writers write stuff about the world cup and like, you know, that stuff. And then I just, that this happened and I was like, you know, like, like it's just, you do all that. Have- and it's like, it's like, you know, you could be, obviously he's like, he's standing up for, you know, the people, whatever he's right. I don't know exactly what he's writing about. It Cause it could be a whole lot of things. But it's like, you do know how this, these other countries, some of them operate. Like, I, like, you know, you know, when you like, you know, I like San Francisco, but I'm not walking around San Francisco at 2 a.m. in the dark with no, like, (laughs) like phone or like whatever. Like you got, like, you know, it, it doesn't like make it any better, but I'm just like, you, you write this, you write this stuff and then go visit and like. You right. have like a lot of people I'm not saying you're asking too. for it, but like that's not like this isn't America. Like they don't care. Like if you haven't noticed, they do not care. 
he and, went to go cover the USA versus Wales game, and his brother is gay, and he wore a rainbow T-shirt to the game, like a soccer ball that was rainbow. And it, homosexuality is illegal in Qatar. So as he tries to enter the stadium, he was detained by Qatari police for 25 minutes for wearing the shirt. And then they he put like a jacket on over it, goes into the stadium, sits in his press seat, and then takes the jacket off. And everybody saw he was wearing the shirt. And I was like, God, that's you know probably pretty risky thing to do. But it's like I get the point he's trying to make. And then obviously he's covering the tournament with like a very critical eye towards all the horrible things that have happened in Qatar in the lead up to the tournament. And then to see that happen, I was just like, God, like you know FIFA the thing is too, is we're never going to know worst. either. We're never going to know. No. But like, yeah, it's I just, just... going to be speculation, which, you know, I want everybody to remember him as like a great soccer writer, a guy who kind of like was the voice of soccer in the U.S. before it hit the mainstream. And even now that it like the Champions League and Premier League and World Cup is big time TV in the United States. It always it wasn't always that way. Like in the early 2000s, the U.S. made the World Cup quarterfinals in 2002 and nobody watched. But he was there and he wrote about it and. You know, rest in peace, Grant Wall. That's my guy. So, um, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we get to uh, my "You Like That" five picks of the week is the A's, my team, my guys. We got fucking fleeced in our trade of Sean Murphy. I I follow baseball as much as I can these days, uh, given how obsessed I am with football. But the trade comes in yesterday, and I'm texting with my brother like, "Oh, we got this guy." And now Jeff Passan said. Oh, we got this guy. And then Ken Rosenthal says, oh, we got this guy. And so the trade comes together, and I look at it in totality. I'm like, okay, we're one major player short because there's no way we got four guys whose combined value, according to like everyone who does trade valuations now, uses this website, Baseball Trade Values. And it's like, okay. The Braves got Sean Murphy, who's apparently his three years of team control are worth about $52 million. The Brewers got Wilson Contreras, who's a very good catcher, and his worth was about $48 million, according to that valuation system. And then the A's got five guys, four prospects and a backup catcher, veteran. And that added up to like $14 million, and it was like... Oh, okay, clearly there's something else that needs to come in in this trade, like some major player from Milwaukee is going to the A's. And it just never came. And the A's GM was like, I like our return. I was like, oh, is there a worse You're like, now we know for sure Billy Bean is no longer running the team. That's the thing. Now like, we know for sure. Because f- all those ones last is- year with like Matt Olson, Chet, like, like, you know, like I'm not nearly as big of an A's fan as I used to be, just because the whole baseball. Like I just don't watch it as much. But even when they would make these, they're always sad. Like you're just every single one of them just gets shipped. It's a factory. It's mm-hmm. and it's like okay, but a lot of those ones that they did last year were like, you know, we A's did well, and this one was like everyone. Uh, I I saw the news and scrolled a bit on Twitter. So and it yeah perfectly aligns with your saying. People were like, um. You know, uh, wow, this sucks. Like, this ain't it. It's like <laughs> we basically need the guy we got from Milwaukee who stole 85 bases in AAA last year. We need that guy to be Ricky Henderson, or this trade was just an absolute screw job. But I was just going to make the point, I think there's no team in all of sports that it would be worse to be a fan of right now than the Oakland A's. Like, team might move, owner doesn't care. Your GM, who was like 
the only thing keeping your franchise relevant for 25 years called it quits and it's like do you really i never really thought about it like that but that you might be right the stadium the team like you want to even you want to even add one of the most popular people in the history of the organization died like exactly it's like oh my god not good to be an A's fan right now. Thank God the Vikings are ten and three, and the Sharks seem to be getting some decent performances from high-priced guys like Carlson that they might be able to trade. It's like otherwise we would be just in the dumps right now. But we move on. Uh, let's head over to the you like that five picks of the week. Uh, we are twenty thirteen and two through week fourteen. So three and two last week. We continue the winning ways. Every time I see people like this on Twitter and TikTok and whatnot who are like, I make picks every week, I'm like, you're lying. Like, there's no way you have a positive record because everybody loses when they do this. But for some fucking reason, we're 20, 13, and 2. We're seven games over, 500 in our picks, and we got to keep this thing going. I have a theory as to why we're doing so well, and it's because I think if you were to pick the games yourself, we would suck. And if I were to pick the games myself, we would suck. But we got two brains, and that's better than one. So let's see what we're looking at this week. Um, last week, we won with Cincinnati, uh, minus four and a half, uh, and the Chargers plus three and a half on Sunday Night Football, as well as uh, New England on Monday Night Football, minus one and a half. We lost with the Vikings and Bucks, two picks that were dead in the water from the beginning. So we did have a decent week last Sorry week. Sorry about but- it. <laughs> Yeah, I am not picking against the Niners for the rest of the season. <laughs> Big mistake. I'm also not going to pick the Vikings again because I've picked us twice on this podcast and we got boat raced by Detroit and then hammered by freaking uh, Dallas. So it's just been an absolute disaster when I pick us. So no more picking the Vikings and no more picking against the Niners. And let's start the picks with the Niners, minus three and a half on Thursday Night Football. Professional bettors are putting their money on Seattle, but I like sticking with what's what's rolling right now whether it's Purdy whether it's Johnson Seattle can't stop the run the Niners run the ball like nobody's business D'Amico Ryans is the best defensive coordinator in football right now I really like San Francisco minus three and a half and I don't think you're going to talk me off of that one nope not even Josh Johnson can get me off this (laughs) uh yeah I mean they should I just sometimes it's as simple as like matchups and if you can't if you can't stop the run like Kyle will call his favorite outside zone toss play and he will run it 25 times in a row. He might do it. And, um, I was just imagine Trent Williams. Yeah. I was just imagine like sometimes I'd find this like, so like if NFL films could do it, like if the Niners sometimes like, especially when they would play the Rams and it really did feel like they ran it every play. Like if the offensive line just walked up and been like, just looked at across and Aaron Donald and whoever else and is like, we're running left by the way. See if you could <laughs> stop it, because <laughs> um, Trey Williams doesn't care. He's tipping the plays every every week, so <laughs> he's basically saying he, the problem is is he is he could tell them I'm gonna look. We're running this play. And I'm gonna block you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Problem is is the guy that Mike McGlinchey's facing gets to, gets to know what play's coming, and he can't stop it. <laughs> and that's why the 49ers run left. Yeah, they put not to the right. <laughs> they put they left put Kittle out there. They put use check in motion, and you know when Debo think. By the way, thank God he didn't. I thought he died. That oh. that looked like that looked like it's Trevor. Same thing like Trevor Lawrence last week. It was like mm-hmm. is his leg off his body, and and it's like oh he's back in three weeks. I'm like he might thank might goodness. play the season finale. I'm like okay, I bet we just 
don't play him in the season finale and yeah. make him um, put Debo in bubble wrap and save him for the playoffs. Absolutely, especially if you win that game against Seattle and you know you're getting at worst the three seed. Yeah, wrap him up. We let him get healthy. Uh, second pick I'm looking at is Baltimore plus three on Saturday. Uh, they're going to Cleveland. I was surprised that Cleveland was a full three-point favorite in this game. Obviously, people put stock in. The Browns have a good O-line, good running game with Chubb. But Watson was bad again. I mean, it's two games he's, he's played He's lucky Russell Wilson days. is still playing because yeah, that's what he I'm would saying, be the is, talk. Again, and right, he only ex- missed a year. Like, you know, like. You expect rust, but not like this. Like, it is an ugly look. Like, the passes aren't coming out clean. I, How you could make him a three-point favorite against a 9-4 and four team was kind of surprising to me. It is a similar spot to the Vikings-Lions last week when I got crushed, but we're going to the well again with a Baltimore team that has a lot more to play for, um, a really solid run game, that and has J.K. Matter. Dobbins back. Like, they got a lot more to play for, so we're going Baltimore there. I like Pittsburgh plus 2.5 at uh, Carolina. You might not agree with this one that much, but I, I just feel like a Tomlin coach team getting points on the road against a, sh- a fairly shitty Carolina team. Yes, they're playing hard for Wilkes, but uh, this is, I thought this game was a pick em. I was like, absolutely has to be a pick em. Um, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Pickett, whoever against Sam Darnold, if I'm getting two and a half points, I'll take that with Pittsburgh. And then we're going to go with the chargers again, minus three. They were so good to us last week, plus three and a half at home against Miami. Herbert, I mean, that's as good as he's looked in the NFL, right? Incredible game for him. I think he went 30 for 31 when he wasn't blitzed for like 370-something yards. Incredible performance. So I want to strike while the iron's hot there with the Chargers uh, at home against the Titans. And another thing there is the Titans fans aren't going to be like swarming you know, the stadium there, like with some other teams. So that might actually be a home game. Miami fans travel. Well, yeah, I went to, wait, uh, I went to the, the game a couple weeks ago, Levi, there were a lot of dolphins fans. And I saw last night or Sunday night in LA, there was a lot of them there, mm-hmm. um, but playing against the Titans. It's like, I think the Jaguars came to town a few weeks ago. Same thing. Like, you're not going to have a huge group of fans there that make it like a home game for them. So it will be a home game for the Chargers. I like them minus three there. And then your pick that you added last minute, Cincinnati minus three and a half at Tampa. You just think that's going to be a bloodbath and it's time for Joe Burrow to put the hammer down. Yep. Some, yep. I, <laughs> I just uh, think a really good team is playing a really old and really bad team. And uh, it's as simple as it gets. Simple as it gets. So we're going with that one. So here, here we go. Let's recap. The you like that five picks of the week for week fourteen. We're twenty thirteen and two through week fourteen. Very nice start. Uh, still got four weeks left in the season to uh, keep that over five hundred. Maybe improve on it. Last week we went three and two. This week we're looking for some big money. Pick number one: San Francisco minus three and a half at Seattle. Pick number two: Baltimore plus three at Cleveland. Pick number three, we're going Pittsburgh plus two and a half at Carolina. Pick number four, uh, Chargers minus three at home against Tennessee. And then Joey's pick, pick number five, Cincinnati minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. Uh, Let's keep it rolling there. Uh, Time for Joey's feels great baby, his wildest take he feels best about at the moment. We've had some wild ones, some of them that have been vindicated like your I think Kyler will be benched for Colt McCoy by the end of the season. And I didn't boy, think were it was, right. was going to go like that, but 
so others have been not so and vindicated. Dak, be, Dak better watch out. If he, it, yeah, Cooper Rush is nipping at his heels. Watch out. Yeah, you lose the you almost lose the Texans. Come on, it's Cooper time. Come on, Dak. But <laughs> but here it is. Your feels great, baby. Wildest take of the week. What are you going with this week for week fourteen? I was thinking about this today, thanks to a total rando on the social uh, media. Um, and I, I actually agree with it. I think if the Niners run the table, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to win the coach of the year and wow. And, but I, I do think they have to run the table, but if he, if he, if he right. goes, I mean, they could, I mean, they finish at t- this at Seattle is going to be tough, a really short week, especially if it's Josh Johnson. But then again, if he wins with Josh Johnson, um, then they come home to play Washington, which kind of going under the radar because they really started terrible at Levi's when Levi's first opened. Like they were a horrible home team. They're they're now a six and one at home, um, with the only loss being the one they got mollywopped by the Chiefs. Um, then they go at Vegas and home against Arizona, which boy that'll be a barn burner. Um, <laughs> If, if he fin- if he wins out and they finish, what would it be, thirteen and four, with Brock yeah. Purdy? Because part part of, part of me saying that is also like, okay, I love Mike McDaniel, but dude, I I foreshadow like you might finish nine and eight, after being like eight and three, two, eight. They're eight and one. Um, yes. So, like the Giants are coming back. So Brian Dayball, I think. The only I, I think the guy who will have a really 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 good chance will be Nick Sirianni if they really do go yeah. like fifteen and one. So I just pulled up the live odds from uh, DraftKings for Coach of the Year just so we can show how crazy your take is. So Nick Sirianni is minus three eighty, which implies like ninety five percent probability, or excuse me, ninety percent probability. Um, so Nick Sirianni's minus three eighty. Dan Campbell twelve to one. Robert Sala twelve to one. Kevin O'Connell. 16 to 1. Mike McDaniel has dropped to 40 to 1. He was 16 to 1 last week. Mike McCarthy, 40 to 1. Brian Dayball, 40 to 1. Pete Carroll, 40 to 1. Kyle Shanahan, 40 to 1. So that's basically the list right there. You're saying if the Niners run the table, you probably need a little bit of a drop off from the Eagles. Like if they go 16 to 1, they'll give it to Sirianni for sure. But I don't think it's that outlandish, and I feel like I want to put five bucks on that forty to one Kyle Shanahan right now. Like I just, the coach of the year always goes to either the team that, like, you know, it usually goes to the team that like new coach comes in and like, like, turns around an entire franchise, and it's like that was kind of happening with like Dayball and McDaniel and and. Even your guy Kevin O'Connell, and it's like some of those teams are coming back down. Um, and I just yeah. if or it goes to the coach like because I thought I mean early on it was like Pete Carroll's like about to win Coach of the Year because he's got Geno Smith and, and the Hawks going, and that might come back down. I will say now that you said the names out loud, if if Dan Campbell takes the Detroit Lions to the playoffs, he's going to get <laughs> some votes. Um, yeah, I, I just think. I just think the voter, whoever, I don't even know if it's voted on by media or or the GMs. I don't know. It's, like, different for every award, I feel mm-hmm. like. But I feel like the people who do vote on it, uh, 
like to vote for people who overcame something. And it feels right. like the Eagles have just been on a rocket to the moon and nothing's really, they had the one loss to Washington, but there's like two brackets of how they vote for coach of the year. It's either the Vrabel type where it's like someone takes a team that had a ton of injuries or a roster turnover, or isn't that good and goes like 12 and five or something. Or there's like a coach whose team went 16 and one or 15 and one back in the day or 14 and two or whatever. And they were just so good. Like I remember when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton, Ron Rivera won coach of the year. Cause they went 15 and one. And you're like, yeah, you have to give them the award. They went 15 and one, but the the other option is like the coach who overcame the most, and that would be Shanahan going with three different starting quarterbacks. If he goes thirteen and four, and they're the number two seed, and you know they're beating the shit out of people with Brock Purdy, you got to consider him, right? You would think you, he he would. I think he would finish probably in the top three, but like like you said, if if Philly goes, I mean sixteen and one, let alone fifteen and two, which yeah. by the way. It's still still very weird to say with the seventeenth game, like, yeah, <laughs> like I have to think about it. Like the NFL is making me do math. Like used to be like, oh, are they an eight and eight team? Are they eight and eight? And it's like, nope, that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. And then it's like, oh, sixteen and zero. Or like, we're, like you 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 have those like records like built into your mind as a fan. Like you look at the standings, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm looking at fifteen and two. What is that? Yeah, like, Jeff Fisher was Mister Seven and Nine. Now he'd be Mister Seven and Ten. So yeah, it's like. Or like a big one was like, oh, ten and six. Like, does that get you to the playoffs? It's like, well, did you finish ten and seven, or did you finish eleven and? I don't know. It's just it, that still is weird. Um, but like the, the Niners are on pace to be, do better than last year in the regular season, at least. I mean, I know they needed every they needed every point they got in that Week eighteen game against the Rams, and mm-hmm. and I mean they they almost went to the Super Bowl, but they almost equally missed the playoffs and and uh and this year they're what nine and four so i mean i think at the very worst they finished they win two out of the last four i mean they'll be favored probably in all of them mm-hmm. um but yeah i just thought i thought so, it'd be interesting if he um he's making a big push that was what you that's what you're pointing out he's making a big push for coach of the year at the end long after i think most folks had said Oh, Sirianni's probably the guy. Shanahan is coming out of left field. And if if they go fifteen and one or fifteen and two or better, he's got no chance. Yeah, you would need the. They Eagles would have to, to lose win to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, and then at, lose at least another game after that. But can totally see that happening. So maybe put a few bucks on that forty to one for Kyle to win Coach of the Year. Um, last thing before we close the pod. You went to Vegas last week. I went to Vegas the week before. I kind of shit on the Vegas experience last week. I'm hoping your trip was a little bit more positive than mine. Give us a quick recap. It was good. We got back today, but yeah, I definitely was excited to get home because uh, I texted you yesterday. It was we were roadkill at the casinos. It was uh, it was carnage, <laughs> um, and like. We don't do any of the table games or anything. We like we pretty much just put the money in and on those big shiny slot machines, <laughs> and like watch it just drain, and uh, that's what happened. Um, the Buffalo got you. Oh no, I I can't play that. The Buffalo. <laughs> uh, no, I dude. The one that got me big, big in terms of me. Like I lost like. I don't I don't love to gamble that much. So I lost like 150 bucks like in 
probably 10 or 15 minutes on this one machine. And it was like, dude, I'm like, I, I played it and I was done. And I'm like, oh, this thing, like, Joe, you got sucked in. Like, you got sucked. Like, it's like you play this Monopoly, like, bingo. And, like, mm. I'm like, oh, I'm one away. I'm one away. I'm almost there. And it's like, well, you never get there. And then I just put, like, $150 in this machine. And it's like, oh, you just you just feel like, you feel so, it's such a weird feeling. Like, you're just like, what an idiot. Like, just, <laughs> what, what an idiot. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, the food we ate was great. We actually did pretty well with the food, the places we ate, we all, we liked everything and, and it wasn't, we didn't go to, we didn't splurge on food. Like we usually do go into, um, nicer restaurants and stuff. We went to Italy one, one night for pizza. Um, weirdly they don't have pepperoni pizza. So I had to find some, I ordered, we both had the margarita pizza, which was really good. Um, we went to uh, Cafe Americano at Paris. That was that was really good. Um, yeah, weather was nice. Weather, weather it was cold, but it wasn't too bad. Um, and uh, yeah, mostly stayed around the like Paris Bellagio Park MGM. Um, nice. We did a lot of the, like the we did we won some gambling around. But Park MGM was like, oh my, like the worst. <laughs> like we, I, we, I don't. It's like absolutely nothing there that we won. Mm. But glad to be glad to be home. Glad to be. <laughs> yeah, not that's where you were texting me yesterday. You're like, I might rather be home. Like obviously, we, you guys, it's the same experience we had. Where it's like, obviously the food's great, and we like walking around the strip and having a good time and going to a show. But like. You can only take so much losing and so much getting nickel and dimed until you're like, okay, why did we do another night? Let's just go home. <laughs> yeah, I used to be. We went to Vegas. We've gone. We've been in Vegas for a week before, and Whoa. um, like I think our honeymoon was a week in Vegas, whole week, and uh, yeah, I, I can't do that again. <laughs> we had a, that one was we had a great time, um. You know, a honeymoon, you're probably like, oh, it's an experience, right? This one is like, why did we come? It's like, <laughs> like, we just went to Hawaii like a month ago. Like, Christmas is coming. Like, why are we, why did I just put this money into this machine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes you question it's like, life. It's like, what a bad adult. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're getting older, man. The Vegas trip has lost a little bit of its allure, like. You're, like you were saying, your water heater broke at home, and you're like, "I need that money. I got I got repairs to do around the house." It's, it's, not it's like, 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 like it's like it's like oh, I'm gonna win money for a water heater, and in my but then you lose it, and I'm like, you know, Joey, you had money for a water heater, and <laughs> now you don't, and, <laughs> and now you have less money for a water heater. So you're like, oh, this is great. Um, so I'm having so much fun give, giving this money to this fucking slot machine. And these, this, like I said, these slot machines, like, what is this? Like IMAX? Like, oh, they're huge. Like, you know, I see like in video games now, it's like, this is real. Like you get like, you invite, I remember even like years ago, we had the like Thanksgiving at our house and I was playing video games and my, uh, my grandpa thought a real football game was on and I was playing Madden <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, it's they're they're big and shiny and they're made to trick you and it just mm -hmm. 
No. No. Damn you, Vegas. You know, one, one of my one big theory I have, I was telling Kayla, part of the reason why I think we never win, or if we do, like, it, you know, we just put it back in anyway. But, <laughs> like, we don't have a player's card at any of these casinos. And, like, you know, they got the player's card you put in, and it's like they kind of, like, you know, want to send you stuff and promos. And I'm like, I, I feel like if we got a player's card at some of these, like, maybe they, like, they're programmed the, – you can't tell me they're not programmed somehow mm-hmm. to like keep their customers happy. Like, like those people win more than the others. So J- Jamie has a player's card at Cosmo. That was like the only place we were using a player's card last time. And that was where we did the best. So hmm. your theory might hold hmm. very suspicious. Hmm. I know when we were there for a week at the Venetian for our honeymoon, we'd got a player's card. Um, and, and we did win more there, but, um. Uh, we were gonna go all the way to the win, but we were so far. We we actually we've done really well to win gambling. That's uh, where we want to stay next time. Obviously, I think I need a little break from Vegas, but next time we go, I want to stay at the win. It does look. Are like you able to golf nicest. that? Yeah, for six hundred and ninety-five dollars, wow. which I will probably not be doing. Oh, well, I... you know what's funny? It's like for that, it's like, well. You could gamble and lose that money. Like it's like I <laughs> it's true. I was like Yeah. Um put put six hundred and ninety five bucks on black at the roulette wheel, hope it comes up and then take that to the golf course. Um Ugh. but yeah, I went to uh I went to the new NFL store too at Caesars. Um and uh and bought like a couple things and and yeah, nice. Kayla would be like like we're in Vegas, like why well, you could buy this at home and I'm like yeah, but at least this is get. At least I'm getting something. I could be putting this in a machine right now and getting absolutely nothing. Um, Solid logic. Absolutely. I really thought about like, what do I need to win to like not to be done? Because like you win like the mini or like something. It's like it's like can I can I win the? I'm not gonna win like the grand, but can I win the one right under it? Like it's like eight or mm-hmm. nine hundred bucks. Like because then I could win it and then satisfy my you know urges and be done. <laughs> go have a nice steak and be like yes i did it yeah because you're not going to win it again so no win that thing and and call it a day and go have a nice nice dinner that's the move hopefully next time it'll be better for for both of us than it was this time with some pretty significant losses but we'll be back that's the way they do it in vegas uh only thing new to report on my end is uh, my wife and I went to brunch on Sunday up on, uh, Larchmont, which is about two blocks from where we live, uh, in LA. It's just South of Hollywood. We went to brunch and then we said, let's, oh, let's take a lap around our neighborhood and just do a long walk. And of course, about halfway through that walk, there was a pet adoption drive and a bunch of kittens. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm not getting out of this one. So we, Long story short, we now have a new three-month-old kitten, but I was allowed to name him. And because our big 10-year-old chunky cat that we've had for five years is named Frasier, we named him Niles. And that's because Niles is Frasier's brother in the TV show Frasier. And also, I come from Niles in Fremont, so I thought that was a good two-meaning name there. So that's our new little guy, Niles. Uh, He's weighs approximately three pounds he's about that big he's just like very tiny little guy and he looks so small next to Frazier our big cat so 
they're they're going to be a handful for a while here while they're being socialized to each other. But that's the only new thing to report here. I can't have Kayla hear that story. (laughs) I'm going to connect Kayla with my folks who have a cat at their place that they take care of, but it's not really their cat. They're trying to offload him. Maybe you guys can get their cat, who they've named Cat Chapman, by the way, because when they first started taking care of him, he... (laughs) Matt Chapman was still on the ace, so. If we get a cat, we're naming it Brock Montana. Oh, my God. Uh, you knew that the Brock reference was coming the second uh, I set you up for it. Wild Kayla, week if, in the if NFL. Kayla says, if Kayla says she wants a cat, I'm going to cock Brock her. <laughs> uh, even if she lets you name it Brock, probably not a fair trade for you, but I digress. Wild week in the NFL in week 14. Going to be another one in week 15. The bye weeks are over, and we get full slates for the rest of the way uh, as we march towards the playoffs. Another great week. Uh, Great being with you guys. Thanks to everybody who continues to listen. Uh, We'll be back again next week, back to our normal recording time since neither of us are on vacation. So we'll have a podcast earlier in the week for you next week. Thanks again to everybody for listening. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with my co-host, Joey Moore, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 